Hi, and welcome to a new episode of the Hampton Boss Moms Conversations. My name is Kim Lina Erhard. I'm the founder of the Hamptons Boss Moms and your host today. The Hampton Boss Moms is a membership community for working moms, for female founders out here in the East End. I wanted to create this community so that we would have a reason to get together, to share experiences, to inspire each other and to lift each other. Which brings me to today's guest. Because here she is. Where is she? There she is. <laughs> hi, hi, Julia. So Julia is, I think, one of those boss moms that I feel very close to because your story is very much a reason for me starting this. We'll get to that in a minute. First of all, a very warm welcome and I have to say, you're coming to us all the way from Paris today. So why don't you introduce yourself quickly? And what are you doing in Paris? Well, Kim, thank you so much for having me today. I'm actually in Paris buying for spring, summer 2024 for our store, Danry, which is so exciting. And like a large reason why I started the business to bring European brands and boutique styling to the United States in a sophisticated way. So thank you for having me. I'm glad that you're actually taking the time out of that busy day to, to join me here today. So Danry, some of us might have stumbled across it when we were looking for gifts or pretty much anything for our kids. I did, for sure. I went on it and I was like, okay, this is going to be a long session. It's probably going to be expensive because I love everything. So how do you start a kid's online store like that? Where does that idea come I was home with my kids for over five years. When I had my daughter, I was on maternity leave as a management consultant. And it was during that leave when my husband was starting his company and working 70 plus hours a week that we made the decision that I should stay home with her because I traveled every week for my job. And we just knew we couldn't be the type of parents and have the type of family that we wanted if we were both living that lifestyle. And I loved being home with my daughter and I had my son. And after five years of being home with my kids, I was like, who am I? I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't have any skills. So I worked basically for a year thinking about how do I even get back into the workplace? I knew I didn't want to go back to being a consultant, nor did I even think after that many years I could get a job doing that same thing. It was after the pandemic when so many of my favorite children's boutiques in New York City had closed that I realized we're doing most of our shopping online. And I was like, how can I replicate that boutique experience that I love, but in an upscale online way that mimics the sites that I love to shop on, like Net-A-Porter or Shopbop or Matches? I get that. I get pretty much everything of it because, yes, this who am I for kids is, I think, one of the biggest topics for everybody who has a child and then you go into it and you think you have it all figured out. I have friends that go into, and I was the same way going into it, going like, well, I'll just handle it. I mean, I can handle anything, right? So I'll just keep on doing this. And then you're in that situation and you realize you're not that same person anymore. And the skill thing, that's an interesting topic. Why do we end up thinking we don't have any skills while we're raising children? Yeah, no, it's definitely something I've spent so much time 
journaling on, meditating on, working with my coaches on. And I think what I've realized after really spending some time with it, it's not that I didn't have any skills. When I was home with my kids full time, like that, the CEO of the home, the mother, it's the hardest job there is. You're managing budgets, you're managing schedules, you're managing different personalities, <laughs> all of the things. You're helping your teammates hit their milestones and all of these different things. And I think my group of friends, I was the only person that decided to stay home and raise their kids full time at home. It's just, I think, a role that is just not valued in our society. I remember going out to lunch with my boss when she was in town after I had my daughter and she was like, I just don't know how you could go from doing this job to nothing. And she was in her 50s and childless and like barely yeah. saw her partner. And I was really looking at my superiors and thinking, that's not the life that I want to live. That really drove me to leave my career as a consultant. But I think it's because society undervalues the stay-at-home mom that I was groomed to undervalue what I was doing. My husband was starting this business and super successful. And everyone was like, Bill's so great. And no one was like, oh my God, Julia's keeping these kids alive. And she gestated and birthed and breastfed and did all of these things. Like, we don't put a value on that, I think, as a society. And because all of my friends were quote unquote working moms, they were like, oh, your day must be so easy. You just go to the park and you go to music class. So I think that's where that narrative came from. No, I hear you. I hear you. And yes, I mean, this job of especially a mother to young children, and I'm saying this because I have young children, I'm pretty sure there's a lot to say about having teenagers too. Like, but yeah. yes, the amount of time and thought, thats I always say that. I used to sit in a control room and run live shows that were watched by 3 million people. Seriously, that is nothing compared to the pressure you're sometimes under. Like when everybody's going crazy, everything's happening at the same time, you still need to make it happen. You're the default parent which totally. probably is your thing too. It's just that mm -hmm. whenever something happens, like I'm stopping my day, my everything, I squeeze it in. Totally. And to make that work, yes, that's a lot more involved than anybody tells you before. And yes, it is a full-time job and it's absolutely underrecognized for sure. But then having the idea of starting a shop is one thing and actually pulling it off is the other. You make it sound easy. How was that the beginning of it? It's been everything but easy. I actually just ran into somebody who had heard of Danry at this trade show that we just were at in Paris. And they're like, you guys have been around five, six years. I'm like, oh, no, eight months. It's really one foot in front of the other, like making all those mistakes, being quick to pivot, being quick to learn, being quick to admit what's working and leaning into that and what's not working and pivoting from that. And Having a good sense of humor along the way, I always say to the team, no one's made more mistakes at this company than me. Everyone has carte blanche to try all the things. And as long as we're learning from them, I'll never be upset. So if you look back on these eight months, which surprises me too, what would you say is your personal biggest win in this time? My personal biggest win. Oh my gosh. What I'm realizing, I think especially now since we launched, it's like there's never going to be one point where I'm like, oh, Danry has made it. It's the accumulation of all these little things. My personal biggest win. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's just so many. Like I just had half of my team on maternity leave for four months and they all just came back and making it through that time and then looping them back in the business. That was a huge transition and a huge win. I mean, Honestly, it still blows my mind that people come to the site, see something that they love, 
and buy it on a daily basis. We have sales every day. And that to me is such a win. One story that resonates with me on an emotional level is we had a mom come to an event. She had a, a young baby and she was like, I bought my daughter's Christmas dress at your store and I bought her Valentine's Day dress. And she came to this event to buy her daughter's Easter dress. And she's like, I packed them away in her little baby box so that she could look at them when she's older and hopefully put them on her child. But just being part of those everyday moments, we have another really great customer whose son has some learning differences and she's found some great toys on our site that have really resonated with him. I love that. It's not one big win, it's a million little wins. and putting one foot in front of the other that I think have been the biggest success to me. And actually, no, I just actually thought of the biggest success. My daughter had career day at school and it was right around when we launched Danry and I wasn't thinking about it. And I said to her, I said, mom totally dropped the ball on this. We didn't think about like how you wanted to dress up. And she was like, no, I want to dress up as you. I want to be you when I grow up and I want to run Danry. So actually that's probably my that biggest success. That is story. huge. Wow. Yeah. So I think it's a good time that we take a look at Denry because it's a lot. It's not only toys. What do we have? Walk me through it. Yeah, we have over a thousand SKUs on the site. We have over 75 brands on the site. We have everything from apparel to toys to accessories to mealtime, indoor toys, outdoor toys, bath toys purses, bows, hats, water shoes. We have it all. And my ultimate dream is that Danry will be that one-stop shop that you can find everything for your kids. So we're really only just getting started. I got to point something out because it's really cute. The New York City PJ. There's no Hamptons PJ yet. I want to point out at this point. I have to say we actually had a meeting about a Hamptons inspired exclusive to Danry secret collaboration for next summer while we were here. So something's coming. See? Just <laughs> one step ahead. I like that. <laughs> How many products? Again, tell me that. That was an impressive number. Over a thousand products on the site. And it's really, it's really something for everyone. And in all the price groups, right? Tell me a little bit about that. There's obviously the big chains that you can go to. And then mm -hmm. this is more special. So where are we price-wise with the apparel, for example? We're high to low. We definitely skew more medium to high priced. My mentality is less is more. If you buy quality pieces, they're going to last longer. You're going to be able to pass them on to younger siblings, younger cousins. I actually just had a discussion with a girlfriend who is very eco-conscious and very emotionally conscious. And she was telling me that she only dressed her kids in Zara. And I was like, I'm going to get you off that fast fashion for your kid. I'm a small business. I employ five women full time, two women part time. And we support an ecosystem of mostly women owned brands across the world, small independent brands. When you're buying something at Danry, you might be spending more than if you're buying something at Target or you're buying something at Zara. But I promise you it's going to last you longer. And you're supporting this ecosystem of other small businesses and women around the world. We do it from men-owned brands too. I don't want to discount them. No, no, no. And you probably think about it more, right? Like sometimes if you buy a t-shirt for what, seven, nine dollars or something, then you probably don't really think about it. I have two boys. So the hand-me-down situation is big here. And some things do not survive one child. They, they never make it to the second. So if I look at this whole offer 
And I read a few interviews with you to prepare for this. And you'd already mentioned the stores in Manhattan that you used to go to. I read one of the story that there was one that your mom took you to that yes. really resonated with you. So if you think of that, is there a Dan Ree brick and mortar dream plan? Yes, absolutely. I love in-person shopping. I'm like maybe one of the only people left, but I love in-person and I would love, love, love. My vision is to have a brick and mortar someday. We just need to get our online business really established. If my buyer listens to us, my head buyer merchandiser, she's like, we need to have the online 100% before we go to brick and mortar because she's like, they're totally different businesses. But yes, no, I would love to have a brick and mortar someday and have a space within that brick and mortar to hold classes and mom groups and have it be a place mm. to gather moms and gather kids and that place you can stop into on the way to the birthday party to pick up that gift you forgot or get that outfit for picture day tomorrow that you need at the last minute and you want to make sure it fits. So yes, my dream is to open brick and mortar, I should say. Well, in Manhattan, you're getting pretty close because I think there's like, what, same day delivery, next day delivery? Yeah, same day delivery in Manhattan and most parts of Brooklyn. Something I dream of in the Hamptons, like here, yeah. you can be happy if it's five. Hopefully we can figure out how to do that in the Hamptons next summer. My team will kill me when they hear me say that. But Hamptons delivery is definitely top of mind for me as a Hamptons mom as well. Absolutely. Speaking of the mom part, so you have two kids. Let's talk about them because it's actually the, the name Danry and your kids, that's very much connected. Would you share that? Yes. Danry is named after my kid, Dory and Jordan. It's half of each of their names. I actually can't take all of the credit. We worked with an amazing creative agency, Luster, that's based in New York City that helped us come up with it. But it was like once they came up with it, we're like, this is it. This is perfect. It is, and it's easy, and it works in all languages. It's something you can say in Paris without looking at you strangely. Being yeah. German, I know that names can be very different <laughs> in a lot of yeah. countries. So if you look ahead, we talk brick and mortar and same-day delivery, but also if you look beyond that, where is this going for you? Where is this going for me? I think the one thing that I've learned is that I can set goals and I can set a strategy in place for the next quarter or the next six months or the next 12, 24, 36 months. But it's that I need to be intuitive and in tune with what is right for the business and what is not. Last holiday season, I was obsessed with having a long-term holiday pop-up and we would be this close to signing the lease and then something would fall through. And that happened four or five different times. I think five different times. I mean, it was like literally crazy. When it got, it was so close to the holidays, I could not pull it off at that point. And then I realized, oh, I was forcing it. So I think it's letting things come together naturally while also strategizing and envisioning what I want for the brand, but also not forcing things. Like we're learning about our customers. We're learning how to run this business. We're learning how to build our sales funnel. And that is all a process and we can plan and strategize, but also we need to look at our data and learn and let that ultimately lead us. So how do you combine building this brand, this business and raising your children? That was a huge shift from being home full time, being able to manage that to now managing both. So what's your secret sauce to make that happen? 
My secret sauce is I don't have one. And I think that's important to talk about. Somebody said something to me like, oh, I just feel like you do it all. I'm like, I don't do it all. I think the more we're honest with other moms, I was on the phone with my kids this morning and my daughter was crying because I'm away on a work trip. And then from here, I'm going to take a couple days away with my husband who just arrived today in Italy. I don't do it all. And it's been a huge, huge, huge shift for my family, for my kids, for me. Some days it breaks my heart that I'm not the one that takes them to the park because I have a meeting and I'm not the one who makes every little milestone or does every bath or the things that they were so used to me doing. My husband has had to step up a tremendous amount. His business is in a totally different season now. His business has been around for seven years and it's really established. I used to do 97% of everything and he did three. And now we're more like 60-40. One day he's 60 and I'm 40 and the next day I'm 60 and he's 40. That's been a new dynamic for everybody. But one that I'm glad that we're both leaning into and we're both supporting each other. And some days are easier than others. And some days I'm like, I've gotten in deeper than I can handle. And other days I'm like, I'm so inspired and energized by this job like anybody. How do you get out of these? I've gotten in deeper than I thought. And this is more that I can handle. And maybe I should just turn around and run. Because I think that happens to a lot of us. Like when you start something, when you found something, you have so much energy and optimism. And then, of course, reality sets in. And yes, having children also while doing this is a whole different thing to back in the day when it was just you and you were able to, okay, I'll just work another five hours. It'll be the middle of the night. I don't care. It'll work now. And now it doesn't. I mean, best example, this conversation, we had to move it by 30 minutes because my son got sick and I was the only one available to take him to the doctor. And I also wanted to go. So how do you manage that? Like anybody, I have a roller coaster of emotions. I am a student of meditation. I worked with a New York City-based meditation coach, Organically Jamie, for two years now. And I really credit the work that I do with her. I work with two other coaches. I'm a huge believer in self-education and self-betterment. I meditate 15 to 30 minutes a day pretty religiously. I really think that that keeps me grounded in my sanity. It keeps me grounded in my belief. My coach, Jamie, always says, you are not inspired to do something that is not meant for you. And she's like, the seed for Danry was planted in you because that is what you are meant to carry out in this world. And just reminding myself of that and taking those quiet moments with myself to reflect and meditate and journal. And my team always makes fun of me because I meditate every day and I have my crystals all over our office. And I talk about the moon cycles and different things like that. But my meditation practice and my non-negotiable movement, I do 20 to 30 minutes of Melissa Wood Health every day to take care of my body and then my meditation to take care of my mind. I've learned that I need to fill my own cup first and I'm not perfect at it every day, but most days I get my own cup filled so that I can fill my kid's cup and my husband's cup and my team's cup and I can show up as the best version of Julia for not only myself, but like those that I surround myself with and those like my children are dependent on me. Absolutely. I think that's fantastic. And you're right. I had a long conversation the other day about the airplane psychology, putting your mm -hmm. oxygen mask on first, because if you don't function, then nobody around you will. And yes, I'm a thousand percent with you, even though I still struggle with the meditation. But I learned Qigong almost 20 years ago, and I picked it up a few months ago again. Oh, I love that. 
for me, it's great because it's like movement meditation. I always feel like my head explodes when I try to meditate sitting still. I could literally write a book while I sit there, <laughs> but the speed, my mind is going. But Qigong kind of works for me, even though I made fun of it. And when I first saw it, what's that supposed to do? I mean, it's not even proper movement, but it is. And if you repeat something 20 times, your arms will mm -hmm. get heavy. <laughs> so yeah. yes, I think that is a very important thing. And that is something that is so easy to forget because yes, it's so easy to take you out of the equation and be like, okay, I need to have them safe and, and happy and, and whatever they need right now. And the husband and then everything around that. And that's also a great lesson for your children, right? Mm -hmm. All the women that raised me, my mom, my grandma, my aunts. I mean, I was raised by women who put everyone else first. Like my mom was like that's the consummate example of that. And I thought that was the only way. And really, when I started doing coaching work with my life coach, Jackie, I realized like I'd spent five plus years just taking care of everybody else and ignoring like all my needs, all my dreams, anything that pertained to my happiness, because I was so dedicated to Dory and then ultimately Jordan and my husband, Phil. One thing that resonated with me is changing that narrative for Dory, helping her realize that like, she can't put everybody else first because like, all the women in my family, that was just like, the default. If you didn't do that, like, you were a bad person. Yeah. And realizing that I can change that for her and I can raise her in a way where she sees me taking care of myself and also taking care of her. And that when I'm, I get up really early to do my workouts and meditation, I get up at five every day. And some days Dory wakes up and some days she's sitting next to me on my mat. And when I, that first happened, I'd be annoyed. I'd be like, this is my time. Now I'm like, no, actually, it's such a positive for her to see me moving my body in a healthy way to remain strong physically. And taking care of my mind and meditation and like she'll do my meditations with me and she knows a lot of the chance and she puts her crystals on the window when she wants to recharge them on a full moon or under her pillow when she feels like she needs a little extra support. So I think leading by example, I now realize that I'm actually doing my children a favor, not only in showing up as the best me, but teaching them that they need to take care of themselves. And I think a lot of my work has shown me that I need to be the most in love with myself. I love my husband. I love my children, but I have to love me the most. It's very, very, very true. And I think it's something that we have to remind ourselves every day because yes, it is so easy to just get dragged along. And at the moment, no school in camp and yeah. No rules, really. I feel it's even hotter to organize everything and to get that in. And I feel you. I get up at five, too, for that very reason, because otherwise, once both kids are up, it's pandemonium. And then I feel pulled to go downstairs, even though I have a lovely, fantastic, amazing au pair who steps in in the mornings. But still, I feel like I should be down there. But no, I should be up here in my room and, and do my work. So... Thank you for putting that into lovely words. The Hamptons. You obviously a New Yorker, a Manhattanite. What do the Hamptons mean to you? Oh, the Hamptons are my happy place. I grew up in the Chicago suburbs and my parents had a house in Wisconsin on a lake. And it was kind of like the place where we went and my mom was more relaxed and all the rules were more relaxed. You <laughs> stayed up a little later. You had dessert every night. You played cards. We barbecued. When I moved to New York, 
And my husband and I had our daughter. I spent time in the Hamptons in a different way, like a share house and a party and surf lodge. But when we had Dory, that was when we started renting a house for the summer. I really wanted to have that place for my family, too, where we could go and relax and be by the water and just let go a little bit, have more space, be more in touch with nature. And we started renting a house the first summer after we had my daughter in the Springs, which is where we now have our own house, which is literally a dream come true. And how often do you manage to get out? So we're there mostly, I mean, we're there, my kids are there from right when they get out of school till they start school after Labor Day. And Phil and I are back and forth for work. This is my second summer being back and forth for work. But sometimes I'm like, or actually most of the time, I'm so sad to leave because I get up and I like when I'm at the house, I do my meditation and my workout on the front porch. And then we go, we spend usually the holidays there. We'll spend Christmas there, Thanksgiving there. And then we, our goal is to, we make, try and make it out there at least once a month. And being homeowners out there for the last several years, that's literally the greatest gift. We love the off season as much as we love the summer season. It's a little quieter and watching the snowfall or seeing the leaves change from our house is way more beautiful than seeing it from our 11th floor apartment in Tribeca where there are no trees. I feel that the Hamptons really changed because it's been seven years since I moved out here full time. And in the beginning, it was very sad during the off season because literally the see you next summer signs were everywhere, which for me was a huge difference because I moved here from Berlin, which kind of never shuts down. And right. But I feel over the last years, it changed. So there is a bigger community of families. And with that, moms and women and business owners and people who start their own brands out here. Is that something that you recognize too? Or how do you see that? No, absolutely. I mean, it's that's a nice thing that you can go out there in November or January and you can still go to your favorite restaurants and your favorite coffee shop is still open. And February, I feel like is a little quiet zone. People close up after the holidays. But but other than that, there's just so much vibrancy. And I would say our friends and community out there in the spring, I used to call it like our secret. But now I feel like there's like Wall Street Journal articles about how it's the new hot spot in East Hampton and all these like trendy restaurants are opening there. In my neighborhood, it's a combination of year round and more seasonal or back and forth city people like myself. And I love that about the springs. I'm obviously biased, but compared to a lot of neighborhoods, it's not as homogeneous. You have the artist community there and you have a lot of independently owned businesses by locals, restaurants, coffee shops. I love the spring so much. It just feels like such a community. I agree. And that was one of the reasons why I founded the Hampton Boss Moms. And what was your first thought when you heard about this community? So what made you jump on it? Oh my gosh, I was so excited when we were connected. And I think one of the things that I've really struggled with as a founder and a business owner is owning your own business is lonely. I have colleagues and I have senior colleagues who are trusted advisors. But ultimately, if I were to do one thing different, I probably would have had a co-founder. I have my husband and I talk his ear off all the time. I'm like, Phil, what do I do about this? What do I do about this? You know, what do you think of this? But he's not my co-founder. He's my trusted advisor and my senior and even my junior teammates are all trusted advisors and I value all their opinions. But just excited to be in community with other women who are making it happen and doing all different kinds of things and learning from them and making 
new friends and acquaintances in an area that I love so, so much. So that's what made me want to join right away. So if you would have to finish the sentence, for me, the Hamptons boss moms are. The Hamptons boss moms are, I feel like the group is so active and people are so supportive and it's like the community we all need, especially after the last few years of so much solitude and aloneness. And I love that you do in-person events. I crave and I love anything in person. I love getting together in person and it's great to get together on our screens. And I wish that I was out in Long Island this week because I would have made you get together with me in person. But <laughs> I love that combination of both dedication to in-person community and online community. I think marrying those two is the most beautiful thing. I agree. And thank you very much. And speaking of in-person events, there is an event where you bring Denry to the Hamptons. Let's quickly talk about that. It's coming up. Yes, we have a few events coming up and we actually are in the midst of playing a meditation event that I'm going to drag you to. I'll be there. <laughs> the closest event we have coming up is on Wednesday, July 19th at Project Hamptons by Curio. And we're doing a shopping event with actually two brands that are owned by friends of mine, which I love. Girls Supporting Girls, my friends that own Cooper, which is a beautiful, also multi-label women's wear and accessories shop. And then my friend Sarah owns the most beautiful Hamptons-inspired gifting site called LeVette. And it's tabletop, stuff for the kids, stuff for dad, stuff for mom, stuff for hostess gifts. It's such a beautifully curated site as well. And that's all taking place at Project Hamptons, which we're so excited about. I hope a lot of the Hamptons boss mom community can make it. We're going to have, oh, we're also going to have cocktails by my other friends on the most amazing company called Say So Cocktails. And they're going to be making the cocktails that night. Yeah. So I love things not, like that. Not to be yeah, missed, for sure. Yeah. This one is especially fun because it's friends that own brands and us all bringing our communities together, your community, the Cooper community, the Levat community, the Say So community, and then the Project Hamptons community. I love that. I couldn't agree more. So the details to that are also on the Hampton Boss Moms website. So that's definitely something not to be missed. And then your next events, anything else that you do out here is probably something that we should go to Instagram for, or where do you find that? Yes, we'll be definitely sharing that on the Shop Danry Instagram and also on the events page on our e-com. Well, fantastic. I could keep on talking for quite a while, but I want to let you go. And definitely got to talk about the meditation thing. That is yeah. something <laughs> I uh. happily let you direct me to. Julia, thank you so very much for taking the time to chat with me all across the big ocean while in Paris. I really appreciated it. And it was very inspiring. No, of course. No, thank you so much for having me, Kim. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Talk soon and see you soon. And everybody else, check out the show notes because everything we talked about, you'll find right.